going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Fresh off the All-Star... I can't really call it a break because we did play some DFS, but we're fresh off the All-Star race, and we're heading to Nashville. First time NASCAR's been there in about a decade. Uh, I'm Dan Malin, joined by the two-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, I don't know how we preview this podcast or break down uh, drivers that we like because we are getting practice and qualifying, but we're also recording this podcast and all we have to look at are prices. That's true. We just have prices right now. Um, this is late on Thursday night. It's like 11.15 Eastern. On, I'm pretty sure it's still Thursday. I don't know. I've been up for like 27 hours at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got prices. We've got can't even call it track history. I've cobbled together comparable track stats, uh, which we'll delve into in a little bit. Um, but yeah, then we get uh, practice on Saturday. So props to that. Hate the same day qualifying though. Can we just run qualifying on a Saturday, please? For the love of God, just qualify on a Saturday. I mean, you can't find an extra hour in the day to to, to run qualifying. Bump things up by an hour. Like it's I, a little I, annoying. Like, I get where you're coming from because for the truck playbook, I put out a brief preview that I think I just touch on, you know, eight to ten drivers who I like just based on their, you know, pricing and everything like that. But at the same time, it's like I can't do a full playbook without knowing, you know, how they looked in practice, where they're starting. You know, all I'm really looking at is just the price tag right now. And I'm going to be doing my best to update it while I'm at work tomorrow. But I kind of agree with you. It's it when they do this same day qualifying and same day practicing, and it, it's it's a little bit of a it's it's a mess. Yeah, I mean we had it for Coda, right? They did qualifying the morning of, and then we got the surprise pole sitter and Tyler Reddick. Um, turned out not to necessarily matter at that point, but um, you know, NASCAR is looking for a way to grow fans. Fans are playing DFS. Um, the best way to be able to play DFS is to have two days worth of interest in this, you know, in setting lineups, getting guys talking about it for, you know, prices come out Wednesday and then you know, we start to get track action on Friday. We get qualifying on Friday and then two more practices on Saturday and then we get race day news on Sunday. That's, you know, I mean, I know NASCAR doesn't sit here and go, hey, how can we help out the DFS people? But, like, seriously. They should. Also, by the way, there's rain in the forecast on Sunday, so congrats to that scheduling <laughs> move, too. Um, in terms of, I don't know why they call it a super speedway. It is far from it. Uh, but in terms of track comparisons, because this is a mile and a third trioval, it is 880 feet shorter than a traditional mile and a half Trialable, but what what tracks are you looking at to compare to Nashville? I know uh, either last night or two nights ago we were texting, and I was saying I'm looking at uh, Kansas, Vegas, based on the mile and a half aspect and the banking. Um, I do like Dover, considering they're similar surfaces. But you even threw out Darlington, which kind of surprised me because they're not the same shape, although they're the same distance. And I get that banking may be similar, but you were talking about the track conditions. Yeah, so Darlington is known as a tire wear track, right? Not as severe as Atlanta, um, but probably, I guess, on par with Homestead is usually considered a pretty good tire wear track. Um, so, 
you you know Darlington's got a, a a gritty surface to it. It's got the distance that we're looking for. Um, some of the banking isn't fully exact because Nashville's banking is like 14 degrees. Um, but they also run the same aero package at Darlington that they run that they're going to run at Nashville, which is for the Cup cars, <clears throat> 750 horsepower low downforce package. They ran that at Darlington uh, this year, and I believe they did it last year too, uh, if memory serves. So you're comparing how guys because that we've seen, and I've pointed out in previous playbooks that there are wild swings for where, how guys do in different uh, aero packages. Like for example. Because they're running the 750 horsepower package this week, Martin Truex Jr. is in play. If they were running the 550 horsepower package here, he would not be in play because he's been terrible in that package since, like, September of 2019. So that makes a difference. Dover comes in because it's a concrete track. Yes, it's shorter distance-wise and steeper uh, banking-wise, but... The right side tires that are run on these cars at Dover are also being run on the right side here this week. So there's a familiar familiarity with that there. Uh, Goodyear is purposely running it because they know that it lays down rubber very well on a concrete surface, which they're looking for this week. And then we get into the mile and a half, uh, you know, the intermediate range here. Kansas fits because of the banking. It's a fairly shallow mile and a half. It's a trioval. Um, Las Vegas fits because it's also a fairly shallow banked mile and a half track. And um, racing surface is a little tough there in Vegas. Um, I would even go so far as to say you could toss Phoenix in a little bit um, because there is banking at Phoenix. It's about 12 Don't say degrees. that. It's going to make me play Eric Amarola. There is 12 degrees of banking at <laughs> At Phoenix, they do run the same package. It is a mile, and it's a kind of a goofy-shaped mile. But I would say that those are generally the comps for um, for Nashville. Can I ask you something? Sure. So we talk about the tire combo and how it's it's the right side tires uh, from Dover. The left sides are going to be Kansas and Charlotte. Now, when we're looking at uh, these tire combos, is it more important to consider the right side or the left side? Um, I tend to consider the right side a little bit more because that's the side, um, that's going to basically control your turns, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about why do you guys take two tire stops and put right side tires on the car? Because the right sides are the ones that need more, uh, grip. They're, they're basically the ones that are doing most of the steering through the, the turns. The left sides are there for the drive off and to... You know, it's, you know, so I, I would say that comping the, paying more attention to the right sides, um, if you're the person that digs deep into tire combos, um, then, yeah, the right sides are something to pay attention to. Well, hey, thank you, Matt. I learned something new. Uh, is there anything and else? By the way, it's the same tire combo for all three series. Okay. So Xfinity truck and cup are running the same tire combination. And I believe they were all run on the same tracks because I'm pretty sure all three series run each of those tracks. Um, so given the practice and qualifying aspect of this weekend, did you want to go over the scheduling or everything or the layout? Um, for me, basically it's going to be, uh, the playbooks will be out overnight. Um, 
I will update them throughout the day. I'm going to do my best to update them while I'm at work tomorrow, but Saturday is going to be the same thing. I will update it uh, after qualifying for the Xfinity playbook. Um, I'll have core plays up hopefully within two hours of lineup lock. That's kind of my goal this week. Um, I, I, I know we like practice and qualifying, but the same day qualifying crap is, is very difficult to deal with. Yeah, especially if you get, um, you know, somebody who either fails tech inspection and can't go, or you get a surprise, um, you know, like we had at Coda with Tyler Reddick coming out of nowhere to land the pole at a road course that nobody thought that guy was really any good at. Um, so it just kind of throws things into um, a little bit of a tizzy, especially when projections get involved. Um so, yeah, we are recording this late on Thursday. As I already said, the track breakdown is not up yet. It, it, I had a lot of reworking to do with it this week because of the new site format um, and whatnot. It will be up probably at this point Friday morning because, like I said, I've been up for about 27 straight hours. I'm pretty tired. Um, so that'll be out. Then rankings. Saturday is going to be a huge day for cup content because rankings, projections, playbook, and best bets are all coming out on Saturday. I'm not going to put out rankings until I actually see the cars on track. It's just kind of pointless to put out rankings based on similar track data. And then, you know, somebody comes out and wows you with practice. Um, and then core plays will be out <clears throat> on Sunday after qualifying. Updates to the playbook and projections will happen based off of qualifying. Um I have personally been testing the lineup generator all week, so we should have that ready to go for the cup race uh, this weekend. So yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the schedule. Saturday is going to be a huge day of content uh, for NASCAR, as it typically is. Um, and yeah, and then next weekend you got to keep your head on a swivel because it's a doubleheader weekend. Pocono. Yeah, it's Pocono. They they decided that the even in a COVID year the. Um, Doubleheader went so well that they're doing it again. So, two cup races in one weekend. Um, yeah, that's that was fun last year and dude, fun sarcastically. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a thrill to sit there and watch a race and then know that wherever a guy finishes, you're gonna have to turn around and write a playbook about it. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, or should we just start talking about the races? Uh, no, we can we can talk about the races. Um, you know, like I said, there's Saturdays, Friday and Saturdays forecast looks good, except it's hot, and then some rain comes into the picture for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so I know I don't believe they have rain tires this weekend. All right, uh, we'll kick it off with the truck race. Uh, brief write up is uh, available on uh, dfsalarm.com. It's also been posted in the. Uh, NASCAR DFS Discord channel. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is 10,800. Obviously, looking at him, he's been dominant. He's won on three mile and a half this season already. He's won the last two races at the Truck Series. Uh, by all means, play the drivers that have looked great this year, and JHN has been the, the, the creme de la creme of the Truck Series. We're also getting a couple uh, Cup Series drivers stepping down into this series. Ross Chastain has finished uh, seventh, second and third 
in three trialable races this year at the Truck Series. Uh, the last one, last week at Texas, he was DQ'd, so he technically finished 36th. But before he was DQ'd, uh, he did get another top three finish. Um, he is 10,200, but honestly, William Byron at 9,800. I noted in the in the <clears throat> playbook write-up that I have up right now, he's $100. He's 9,800 in the Truck Series. He's $9,700 in the Cup Series. I'm willing to play him heavily at 9,700 in the Cup Series. So you know I'm willing to play him heavily at 9,800 in the Truck Series. I'm not too worried about the equipment. I understand it's not going to be great. I think it's the same team that Josh Berry uh, drove for last week. And he got um, he drove that car or truck from 33rd all the way up to 11th. So I'm putting my faith in the driver over the equipment. Uh, I'm not loving Ryan Priest at $9,000. I know it's the truck series and he's a cup driver. Um, I'd ra- If I'm going to be spending up for Chastain, Nemechek, and Byron, I don't know how much Ryan Priest I'm going to be able to fit. Um, I do like Josh Berry again at 8,300. Parker Kligerman is finally priced appropriately at 7,900. Um, <laughs> Johnny Sauter has killed me the last few weeks. That's been without qualifying. That's been with qualifying in practice. But he does have experience here. He has a couple top fives here from well over a decade ago. I know he's definitely lost a step uh, as he's gotten older with age. Um, but I will get a little bit of exposure. I like the price tag. I love Ty Majeski this week at 7,100, stepping into the 66 truck for Thor Sport Racing. And then going way down, I will be back on board with Jack Wood this week, 6,100. Basically, you have Chase Purdy and Jack Wood, 6,300 and 6,100, respectively. I prefer Wood. I like what he did. Uh, I believe it was just a couple weeks ago at Charlotte. He started 20th, finished 15th. Uh, he's going to be riding a GMS truck the rest of the season. It sounds like it's a full-time ride. And then as cheap as I want to go right now is Haley Deegan at 5,800. She almost had her first career top 10 in the truck series. Uh, had an issue on pit road in last week's race at Texas. Ultimately, she finished outside the top 20. That is a brief breakdown of the truck series. I thought that went pretty eloquently. I can't wait to screw up the Xfinity breakdown. Matt, do you have any thoughts? Um, no, I mean, I'm right there with you with William Byron. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that does not go down to the truck series very often. Um, when he was a full-time driver there, he did quite well. Uh, believe, didn't he win the truck championship the year that he was in the trucks? When Pretty sure. Current, Let me his, current crop, uh, his current cup crew chief was his crew chief in the cup series when he was down there. Won't be crew chiefing that team uh, for this race. But yeah, um. And that, by the way, makes me like his stock better for the cup race because he's going to be a guy who gets some additional uh, track time, which is always important. But, yeah, um, Johnny Sauter's so hard to quit, man. Like, <laughs> You think that eventually he's got to have a good run in him. Right? Like, it was my logic for Eric Amarola two weeks ago, and that still didn't work out. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, good old... Timmy, Timmy Hill, um, you know, uh, J.J. Yaley's got some cup experience. He's going I do have too. J.J. Yaley in the, the write-up that I do have published because he was a late addition, I believe, to the field. Yes. And he does have to qualify for the race. He's yeah, not- that's the other thing. Did we mention that there's going to be trucks Trucks are trimmed? So there are 43 only- trucks entered, 31 automatically qualify, I believe. Um, 36 will make the field. So of the... 43 drivers that are listed on DraftKings, seven of them won't actually race. 
So following qualifying, that is another thing you do need to be aware of. Right. So they'll qualify and then the, the fastest X number of cars who aren't automatic qualifiers, sorry, X number of trucks that aren't automatic qualifiers will make the field. Everybody else will pack up and go home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with your, your truck breakdown there. I don't have much more to add um, to that, really. All right. Well, as good as that one sounded, this one won't be as poetic. Because uh, this is honestly my first time taking a look at the Xfinity slate. Uh, Kyle Busch, reasonably priced at 14500 It was the same price tag he was uh, last week for Texas. He's raced twice in Xfinity, Xfinity this year. He's won both races. He's dominated arguably both races. Um, and this could actually be his last Xfinity race. So if you are a NASCAR DFS DGen and you like playing the Xfinity Series races and you cringe every time Kyle Busch is on a slate, you really want him to win this week because if he does, it's very possible that he retires with 100 career Xfinity wins and we never see him on the slate again. Play him, root for him to win, so you don't have to play him ever again at this level. Also, he's going for his hundredth Xfinity win. Yeah, didn't I say that? Did you? I thought Sorry, I, I was. I was catching up on. You were ignoring me, Matt. I was catching up on an email. I apologize. Gosh darn it! That's fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of skipping through the the obvious plays like Cindric, uh, Gregson, if he can somehow find a way to finish a race. Um, I'll touch on the other top-tier plays that I, that I like. Um, I'm looking at the mid-tier. I do like Brett Moffitt. Uh, he's only 7,800, and I understand that, you know, he's more of a GPP play, but he's flashed 40-point upside plenty of times this year. Um, awful radio right now. Tommy Joe Martins is only 6,300. Again, super cheap. Brandon Brown is having a phenomenal year. Uh, didn't have the DFS output that we were looking for last week, but still he got another top 15. He's already set a career high in top 10s at the Xfinity level, and we're basically a little over halfway through the season. Is he selling his car again this week? <laughs> I imagine. I don't know how he didn't get like more sponsorships. But I thought. By the was... way, if you haven't seen his tweet yet, his his phenomenal car salesman uh, tweet to try to get uh, sponsorship is is just fantastic. It's that guy needs to get a sponsor, man. He's having a phenomenal year. Uh, he's having a great year. Totally agree. Um, other drivers I could possibly look at. J.J. Hey, Yaley. J.J. Yaley, <laughs> again. Um, we have a lot more data to pull from him in the Xfinity Series this year. In, in five races, it seems like he always starts outside the top 30, comfortably finishes inside the top 25, and he even has three top 15s this year. So, you and know, by the way, he's going to try because he's in the cup field, too. He's doing it all this weekend. He's a busy <laughs> man. Um, that is my truncated uh, breakdown of the Xfinity Series. I have not taken as good a look as that one yet. I will take a very strong look at that tomorrow night as I publish a similar pre-practice and qualifying playbook as I did for the trucks. Tyler Reddick is in the uh, Xfinity Series race as well. I'm actually surprised more cup drivers are not in the Xfinity Series race. Yeah, I mean, it might have come down to availability, right? Because, like, you're not going to kick a guy out of a ride just so you can get extra practice time. Because, obviously, these guys need practice time, too. This is not a one-off race, people. Nashville has, like, a four-year deal. 
for this. What happened was Dover owns the people that own Dover Raceway. Own Nashville. Also own Nashville, and they were like, "Okay, well, we'll just shift one of our race dates from Dover to Nashville," which makes sense because the second race date at Dover never drew that well. Anyway, um, so they moved it to Nashville, and it's got like a four-year deal to uh, to do that, and they already sold it out this year. So, um, you know, these Xfinity guys need practice here too. It's going to be a, you know, it's obviously going to be run the next few years. So it probably comes down to the fact that they may not have had as many open seats uh, to just go down there, right? Because you're not just going to put together an Xfinity car in like a week. There's got to be a team. you got to have, um, you know, an open spot and put put a team around you. So, um, yeah, it's also possible that some guys just don't like going down to the Xfinity series because I know I've heard some cup drivers say the cars drive so differently that it could actually screw you up for the cup race because the handling is different. The way the car drives through uh, dirty air or clean air is different. Um, and also there's some different rules in Xfinity about how you can pass or clear a car. Or you can't, you know, can't lock bumpers, all that good stuff that you can do in cup. So it may affect some people's uh you know thoughts on that too uh i can't believe i forgot to mention this but uh as we head transition to the cup series preview did you hear that gms racing is going to be running a cup car next year or no yeah wait yes 2022 is next year yes i did i did hear that that's pretty interesting news there seems to be a lot of expansion talk happening in cup there's been talk that uh, 2311 Racing would add a second driver headed by Kurt Busch. Um, there's also been talk that Kurt Busch could wind up going somewhere else, too. Don't remember off the top of my head now, but, like, there's been talk that... Kurt Busch has apparently been rumored to be, like, everywhere next year. Uh, you know, obviously, Kozlowski switching teams and whatnot. The silly season is in full... Uh, you know, full bore right now, apparently, with sure. the rumors and, and expansion. Um, and we still haven't heard a final decision from Dale Jr. about if JRM is going to go to the uh, Cup Series or not. All right. Uh, we will turn our attention to the Cup Series this Sunday. Uh, Slate Lock on DraftKings is at 334, which means on FanDuel is probably like 245. Uh, Kyle Larson is eleven thousand eight hundred. Uh, that joke fell way flat, but he's eleven hundred dollars more than anybody else in the field. You kind of have to play the drivers that have just been doing really good, and so you're going to find yourself. Larson. That is Larson. Uh, Chase has been pretty strong lately, and if we're looking at the whole Dover aspect of this race with the tires, uh, the surface. Um, Hendrick Motorsports ran top four at Dover, so you know you're not really going to find like a super sneaky play. You're, I personally like Larson and Byron the most. I don't really know if I really will have much exposure to Bowman. I know he won the Dover race, um, but I'm really feeling Larson. Uh, I'm sure the rest of the field will, and uh, I kind of want to go with Byron. Yeah, there's kind of a reason that Kyle Larson's 11-8 and Chase is 10-7. <clears throat> Right, like that's that's basically the gap between Larson and everybody else right now. You realize that Larson not only has Larson won everything in a Cup race the last like two weeks, uh, three weeks, 
He's won everything on dirt in that same span, too. The man has not lost a race in anything he's been in in, like, three weeks. The day after the Coke 600 win, he was in, like, Ohio running dirt races and won all three qualifying races to get into the A-Main for that one, too. So, guy is on fire right now. Um, Clearly... He's got a very fast car every single week, regardless of package. Uh, they won at Vegas earlier this year. Um, they've run well basically everywhere else. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be chalky. I don't really think it matters where he qualifies. Guy's going to be pretty chalky. Um, Bowman, for me, is going to ma- He's probably the Hendrick guy that matters the most where he's going to qualify. For my share in playing him, um, I think I trust Byron a little bit more right now to just keep <clears throat> chugging along and putting together solid finish after solid finish. Um, they're all fast, so it's kind of a pointless conversation. But, you know, um, that's kind of how I see it. Chase Elliott, again, it's going to depend on where he qualifies because if he qualifies like second, there's no way he's getting laps led advantage over Larson. Right, if Larson's first and Chase is second, there's no way Chase is going to beat him off the pole to go get laps led. Um, just is just not going to happen right now. So that's the Hendrick breakdown, the weekly Hendrick breakdown. The <laughs> <laughs> there's no getting. By the way, I put this in the uh, forthcoming track breakdown, but Hendrick hasn't lost a Cup Series event since May 9th. Good lord. Yeah, that was Darlington. The third most expensive driver on DK this this week won that one. That's Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, that's a good segue. I was about to ask you, what do we, how do we feel about the JGR drivers in this package this week? This is a package that generally favors the Joe Gibbs Racing drivers. Yeah, they've typically done better in this package uh, than others. Although Kyle Busch did win at Kansas in the 550 package. Um, but, yeah, I would still say that right now I would still – I'll take the price discount to play Kyle Busch from Truex. I'll take the $500 savings. Unless Truex qualifies like 10 spots behind Kyle Busch. Then well, don't you remember for the last – like when we were heading into Dover, um, like all the talk was about, you know, how Martin Truex Jr. was going to be the chalk play. I think he won um, – yeah, he won Darlington leading into Dover, and so it just seemed right. like all the all the momentum was there for Truex to do well at Darling or at Dover, and he started on the pole, and then he finished nineteenth. You know, do yeah. we feel okay with Truex this week? Because I mean, since the dominant win at Darlington, he's finished nineteenth at Dover, thirty fifth at Coda, 29th at Charlotte. And sure, he wrecked out of of Coda, but then he finished, you know, third at Sonoma. Great, that's a road course. We expect him to do well, but then thirteenth at Texas. Yeah, Can we trust the package. Um, well, so a couple of things about that. One, Texas, a the All Star race, it kind of convoluted. B, it was the five hundred and ten horsepower like restrictor plate package on there, which he's never really been good at. Um, I mean, Sonoma was nice to see. He just didn't have anything for Larson that day. I mean, nobody did, right? Like, Larson just straight drove away from people. Um, So, I think at this point, I would probably trust Kyle Busch more um, than Truex in the same equipment. Um, 
Bush has shown better overall speed, more consistent top finishes uh, in this package. The interesting one for me here, there's two interesting ones. One is Denny Hamlin, who seems to have faded at this point a little bit, right? Like, he's just not doing what we saw him do at the beginning of the year, and obviously you're not going to keep that up for a whole year. Um, Yes, as hot as Hendrick is right now, they're not keeping this up (laughs) much longer. It just doesn't happen in this sport. Um, So Denny, you know... If he's starting, let's say, top seven, is there value there? He's probably going to finish top five. Yeah. But depending on who's ahead of him, I don't think he's going to go out and lead a bunch of laps, at least the way he's looked recently. I mean, anything is possible, right? Um, And we know he's a guy who's always done better with practice than without practice. Um, But then the... The other interesting guy for me is Christopher Bell, because Bell took part in two tire tests for Goodyear here earlier this year. He was part of uh, the two or three, I think there was two other drivers, I think it was Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, and Christopher Bell, The tire tested for Goodyear here twice when they were trying to figure out what compounds they were going to use. So he's gotten a little bit of track time on a couple <clears throat> of different you know, fields for the tires, not in a race you know, situation, obviously. But those are two of the JGR guys that I think are more interesting this week. How do you feel about SHR this week? About the same we feel about SHR every week? Uh, I think you have more luck putting money on Tony Stewart to win an SRX race right now than an SHR car to do anything uh, in the Cup Series. I mean, that that whole team is just... I'm sorry, but they got to show me something. Everybody there's got to show me. Although I will say, Kevin Harvick's going to have a sweet paint scheme this week. Grave digger. Yeah, grave digger paint scheme. He is super excited about that one. It looks like a pretty sweet paint scheme. Um, too bad he ain't going to be running up front that much for you to be able to see it. Although it is NBC coverage, so maybe yeah, they'll maybe they'll actually them, showcase it a little bit more, and maybe they'll show actual racing as opposed to the same three people doing, you know, laps out front. Um, so yeah, SHR, I mean, it's going to all depend on where guys qualify, obviously. If there's PD there, then we have to play it. But, I mean, this is the longest sustained stretch I've seen Kevin Harvick under ten grand in, like, a really long time. How do you feel about the Penske guys? Uh, it, it's kind of a guessing game as to if this is the week you play Brad Keselowski and he gets a lucky, a lucky pit stop. Oh, my God, the pit stop in the All-Star. Come on. <laughs> what the? Jesus. Almost a million-dollar pit stop. Yeah. Through no, uh, through no benefit of his, like, nothing he did. It just so happens that somebody forgot how to drive a car for 10 seconds. But uh, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney are both under $9,000. And Logano got a top five at Dover, um, had 11 fastest laps. Blaney hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. Like, he's just been very vanilla. Yeah. That's that's a perfect way to describe Ryan Blaney right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did call him to win the All-Star race on my Thursday radio hit last week he came very close he came very close he came one final restart away from from actually locking down a million dollars but um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I f- so it's a coin flip between Logano and, and Kozlowski, and then Blaney's just going to kind of be there right now. That's basically Penske. Like, I mean, even if Logano looks great in practice, there's no guarantee he shows up and carries it over to the race. No, I hear you. And sometimes it is hard for me to trust Kozlowski because I, I feel like he might be checked out. I had that same thought. I was like, when is he going to? Because at this point, it's almost guaranteed that he's that he's gone, right? Yeah. I mean, he's also qualified for the playoffs, and so he could just be cruising right now. Right. You also don't see three national racing reporters report the same story without having sources and it being a story. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing it from... Pacris seeing it from Jordan Bianchi <clears throat> folks and then I think Jeff Cluck had some reporting on it too uh, that's kind of a lock so I just don't know how much he cares about Penske right now are there any value plays you want to touch on because I mean I don't want to go through the whole list and be like hey what do you think about Ross Chastain yeah. this week what do you think because like, honestly it's going to come down to uh, I mean so qualifying. Let's toss out J.J. Haley. I know this is the third race we're talking about, but, like, the dude's going to have two other races. He's going to know everything there is to know about this track by this weekend because, keep in mind, he gets practice for all of those series, too. Um, If he was a little bit cheaper, I'd be more intrigued. At 55, I don't really have a problem with that. He's also, you know, it's a very small sample size, but he did move up five spots in the one race in this package he ran. You know... The races that's he, true like um all, and in the last six hit 5x value to like as long as you have him with the right dominator he could be in the optimal right i mean in the last six similar tracks and that's going like you know we're talking darlington and kansas and kentucky actually is in there too now kentucky is a comparable track um vegas and i think phoenix those six tracks, the last times he's run those, he's moved up like five spots a race in over six races. So if he qualifies in the back, which he's almost guaranteed to do, <clears throat> he's got, you know, he'll have track experience that weekend um, to look for, you know, to, to, to use. I feel like Daniel Suarez shows up in this. Uh, you just stole my thunder. Oh, sorry. Well, it's good we have. <laughs> We have the same thunder though, because that's that's we're reading this thing the same way. So it's either really going to work or it's really going to not work. <laughs> uh, but Suarez shows up in this package. He's been in about half the optimal lineups this year. So you know he's he's still down there. He's still cheaper than Bubba Wallace. Not entirely sure why at this point. Um, you know. He's intriguing. If Chase Briscoe starts way in the back, he might be intriguing because he had the tire test here um, a couple of months back. And I know we just crapped all over SHR, but come on, man. Free PD has got to be there at some point, right? Um, Ryan Newman, if he qualifies outside the top 20, we're putting him in the lineup. If he's qualifying inside the top 20, we're not putting him in the lineup. That's what it's going to come down to. Um, I feel like Eric Jones in this package. He's a nice play of the week. Does does you know show up pretty pretty well um, in the last five similar races in this package, which were all this year, by the way, uh, in the forty three car for him. 
four top 20 finishes. And he's moved up about seven spots a race. So if he's starting outside the top 20, get that guy in a lineup. What about Anthony Alfredo? Oh, my God. Fast pasta? Yeah. Are we sure he can find his way to the track at this point? Uh, it's so hard because isn't he teammates with uh, McDowell? Yes. So, like, <laughs> I, I like to think that at some point, like, the speed and, like, the success that we saw from McDowell could transfer over to, you know, Alfredo's team. But at the same time, McDowell's cooled off a little bit since. Yeah, you know, he also hasn't been that season. great in this package. Like, a lot of his success came at the 550 package, not That's the 750. True. So, right. um, but fast pasta is not fast and then slowed down by carb loading with pasta. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's basically going to cover it. We do have a couple of guys back in the Cup Series we haven't seen in a while, and David Starr and Chad Fincham. Neither one of them is worth playing. They're just not. If you're going that deep, you got to rework your lineup because th- that's a problem. Agreed. Um, um. All right. I'm fine wrapping it up, only because I know for this race it's going to come down to practice and qualifying and just yep. being in the Discord so you know who to play. Yes, because um, yeah, we've been on fire this this year. I even I made like eighty five bucks on the All Star race on DK. I lost like fourteen, but I wasn't really all that bad mad about it. Yeah, I mean we, played, we we I mean I only played like eleven bucks on DK, right? So I like, played about forty, and I only made three lineups, so it's whatever. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I didn't know how to feel about my lineups through, like, four stages of the race. I know. The best part was watching Clint Boyer try to do math on live television and figure out who people were going to start. By the way, congrats to the two people that won the, um, the, didn't they have the the cash giveaway thing for the All-Star race? Oh, yeah, Clint Boyer's thing. Yeah. Yeah, two people won it. Two people split it. Good for them. Yeah, so... Um, but yes, remember the race is on NBC this weekend. I think it's NBCSN. Uh, there's going to be some funky scheduling here because NBC NBC has already announced that they're basically shutting down NBCSN by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see some races on I think TNT. Uh, there's going to be some races on NBC, obviously NBCSN. Um, I think USA has some races. Maybe Nickelodeon gets in on it after their playoffs. Maybe, maybe. And uh, in about a month here, we're going to get to a two-week break in NASCAR because the Olympics happen. You know, I that always sounds so nice in theory, but then it's like it's the first day after the last race of that hiatus, and then it's like I'm itching for NASCAR DFS. Right, exactly. It'll be So I'm, I'm actually going on vacation during that time. That's smart. Um, yeah, it's the break in the schedule, so I have a lot less content to put out. It's right before football really gears up with August. Um, and I simply haven't been back to the East Coast in two years to see my parents because COVID happened. Um, so, yeah. So, I will probably be twitching halfway through vacation because I'm not going to have anything to do <laughs> on that first Thursday. I'm not going to have a track breakdown to do or a pod to record. So, um, we do have that. There's some interesting races coming up. Like we said, we get Pocono doubleheader next weekend. Uh, Road America on July 4th. Uh, then Dan gets to go to the Atlanta race on July 11th. What up? And then we get... New Hampshire, and then that's New like New a three-week break. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, then it's New Hampshire, and then they, I think they come back with like Watkins Glen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, August eighth. And then there's like an indie course in there. I think the next weekend. Uh, and then maybe Daytona to wrap it up for the regular season. Oh, they got Michigan too. Oh right, forgot about Michigan. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Michiganders. But yeah, we're we're getting down to it. Yeah, only ten races left. But Matt, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to you this week, and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.